0: 90% of my computer usage is updating computers. <laughs> I'm so tired of it, man. I just like iOS, really? it's just you're like, okay, iOS, have your way.
1: Hey, Paul. I'm excited to record this episode of the Postlight podcast, formerly known as Track Changes.
0: Uh, that's right. You know, when we started this, we thought, hey, we should have a separate brand for our podcast or our newsletter and like not get it all mixed up with the company. But it turns out that that's more confusing that we're just one thing we are postlight and actually related to that I just want to make sure we mention it because I think it's really important that we we bring it here to the podcast too if you go to our website in response to the recent protest movement we have doubled down and made a pretty serious commitment as a firm Probably an outsized commitment for our size, but it feels right to us, to the Black Lives Matter movement and to anti-racism and to really to human rights in a, in a larger way. We're going to put money and we're going to put work towards building platforms that make this a better world for more people. And so that's another another way that Postlight is being Postlight. So look, I have a thing I want to talk with you about that's been happening in my home. Okay. This is not typical, but go ahead. Okay. So my wife, you know, my wife, my wife needs to stay busy. And we've got a situation where, you know, kids are at home, pandemic's going on. uh, She's helping educate them and so on. But we're also in a neighborhood in, in South Brooklyn here that's been hit really hard with some of the economic fallout from the pandemic. People are hungry. People are having trouble getting access to resources. Folks are older and so on. And so it's been very very interesting to watch software step in to try to create a mutual aid system and to see the conversations that ensue and also to watch my wife who I would say I described my wife as a power user. She's somebody who like truly knows her way around a spreadsheet but not a, not an engineer, right? She works in construction. She she's someone who builds
1: spaces. And when you say software, I just think spreadsheet. But I'm just going to throw that out so there. Let me, but go ahead. You want to state, like, draw the picture out here of what exactly is needed.
0: The, the problem is literally people in the community who don't have access to food. They might have trouble getting to the food. They might have no money. They might just, just whatever. They've lost their job or the person who usually helps them out isn't there. And they, what would be really meaningful for them to rein, right now is if somebody could bring a box of food by that would also be aligned with them culturally. A lot of different cultures down in this neighborhood. You have a setup where you want to you want to get people's information, but you also really want it to be private. This is very sensitive stuff, and you want to figure out what they need and how often you they need it. And then the tr- the interesting thing is that the food is not the hard part. Food is cheap. Food is actually like if I give you a hundred dollars, you can do a lot. The hard part is getting it to the person in the neighborhood at the right time while respecting their privacy. And there have been some interesting discussions that I've heard, which I don't even want to go into because people are, people are trying their best. But like some people are arguing that we should only use open source software when we are getting people these services. So there's people talking about the different kinds of platforms and ways to use it. So there's all, I mean, it's whenever you've done any work with people along these lines, it's a lot of conversation. And so, and again, I'm trying to be respectful of what I've overheard, right? But here's what I see. I see a lot of Airtable and I see that, so Airtable Mm -hmm. is the big sort of like database as a service. And Airtable is something that I think for you and me, and we've talked about it a lot, where like that one nerdy person really wants to unlock it, it's a power tool. And and lots of people can use it, just like they can use Google Sheets. And they can kind of get in and, and mess with it. But the reality is that the Airtable learning curve is fierce. It is fierce it's a world. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not fierce for people who are in spreadsheets all day necessarily or people who are doing this, you know, doing a job and they understand the data model. But if you're trying to onboard someone because they just want to drive something from point A to point B, or you want to gen- you know, or like you want to get past data and automatically schedule deliveries and things like that, boy are you in a world. And it's actually yeah, it's been a very good reminder for me that the thing that I think is incredibly simple and intuitive. Is a lot of complexity for the vast majority of human beings, which is, again, not a criticism of Airtable in any way. It's just like, oh, my God, it's harder to do this than you'd think.
1: Well, it's I mean, first off, Airtable, it's worth noting, is a very mature product. It's been around for years. You can start to see its depth. Just by poking around mm-hmm. and you know that that's not a product of like version 1.0. That's that's years of like a piece of software maturing in a pretty big way. The other thing I think worth noting here is Airtable replaced what used to be essentially the spreadsheet. And by spreadsheet, I don't mean spreadsheet as in like calculations and accounting ledger and things like that. I mean spreadsheet as makeshift information store where you're just using the rows to put stuff, and so you're not doing a ton of math. You're actually using it for effectively governing a process of some kind, and that could be really anything. And it's been to this day, the spreadsheet probably. I mean, we're talking about Airtable, but it's probably still the dominant way a lot of work gets By done. By
0: orders of magnitude, right? It is the most significant programming language in the world, and it is. I, it's funny. People come for me. You know, there's there's a funny moment where somebody asked me, you know, is HTML and CSS programming? And I'm like, sure, you're defining a data structure. And if you want to get into the decision between whether data or data is code or code is data, then you're, you're actually dealing with something really abstract. And so like, yeah, sure. It's the big, it's definitely the start of it. And the person I tweeted this out and somebody wrote, well, then that means that spreadsheets are programming. And I'm like, I'm kind of in back of my head going like, yeah, you're, you're starting to figure it out. Like,
1: yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've seen people use, I mean, I've seen, I have a good friend of mine who's a, a, an absolute power user, he doesn't distinguish Excel from SQL. Like, it's all one. It's just a view. Excel is nothing more than a client for all the crazy things he does. And that, this is an extreme user, but it gives him incredible power.
0: No, but it gives him the grid interface that he needs to make sense of the world. That's right.
1: Okay, so this sounds like it's going well. I mean, I, I have this assumption about our table, and tell me what isn't working in, your, in this example you're sharing, which is... A power user stands it all up, and then people who don't have to know about the ugly details of Airtable just use it. Isn't that enough? Like, why didn't that work? It's definitely
0: helping. But, you know, so there's a few things. One is, like I said, it's, it's complicated to generate things. Like, Airtable is good for importing data and adding data where individuals are sharing the database, but it's hard to hit a button and say, like, schedule the 50 deliveries. For you know, the 50 people in the database, based on this logic. like that requires custom programming. So that's that's not a place that it's yeah. gotten yet. And there are plugins and ways to do it. It's stuff like that. like it's very good at defining data. The gap that's real, and I think this is with all of the Codeless tools. And you and I have talked about this before. Workflow is hard. Let's define workflow. What do you mean by workflow? Well, I think when I think of it, I think a lot of like CRM products, which is customer relationship management, things like Salesforce, where you are moving things along a chain of operations and with the with a goal in mind. And tasks get assigned to different individuals. And what, here's, I'll give you an example too. like we're about to face a truly fantastic workflow problem in our society because we use all these tools for scheduling humans that are really not built around there being one or two teams overlapping. And yet because of COVID, there's probably going to be a lot of like A team and B team coming in on different days of the week or different weeks while trying Mm -hmm. to preserve social distancing. And I'm looking at the tools that are out there and they actually don't do well with that, like a staffing tool or a, like a sales tool, like they either, you either kind of work remotely or you work in the office or you know where people are. It's like, like, there's no easy way to schedule that. Right. And so I'm just sort of like, that's a good example of a workflow that's going to be challenging, but a, a classic workflow that we've seen a billion times is the editorial workflow for publishing things. You know, sure, it comes, that's another... comes in as a draft. Uh, an editor does a quick read on it A senior, and, and rewrites it. A senior editor refines it further and assigns art. The artist goes off and makes mm-hmm. the art and it comes back. Finally, someone with a, a control bit is able to say, let's publish that. And it goes out
1: to the world. And then, look, this, I mean, you know, it's another excellent example is, I don't know what this workflow looks like, but I imagine it's actually pretty rigid and pretty strict. Like when you apply for a mortgage, oh yeah, um, it gets submitted and it goes to the bank. And then there is a workflow that kicks in. There is the appraisal of the property and there's photos that have to get taken and then legal gets involved and then finance gets involved and then your credit check has to go through. It is clearly a workflow. And where it is along the chain is a big deal, right? Because what you can do if it's done right is enforce accountability. You can actually right. say hey, Susie, it's jammed up on your step, and until you do your part, we can't move it along. That's
0: tricky, though, right? Because then if that gets locked like that, and it's not really easy for someone else to unlock it, I've seen whole processes just melt down where they're like, well, you know. It's a phone call, right? I mean, it's usually like, uh, can you just please unlock this for me? Yeah, it's 2 a.m., and Jim is the file owner. And this was actually in our world, like Git and GitHub are the the platforms that sort of Git as a tool and GitHub as a platform. Those are the ways that we address this, which is everybody can work on their own version. And then there is the ceremony whereby everything becomes one single point of truth, mm-hmm. but all of that history remains. You never lose that history unless you want to. So there, that's a very like deep down nitty gritty workflow because you want to know what every change
1: is that happens to a code base. Why hasn't this been solved? Like, Why hasn't this been solved in a, in a fairly generic universal way? Because an mm. artifact moving along a process where there are multiple participants involved it's as important and, and as as monumental as word processing.
0: It is, except that really what happens is I think that business cases and business rules getting encoded into software, like the thing that we're describing, CRM had to be here for us to really talk about workflow. Like editorial workflow had to become Kanbanized and you know turned into cards and embedded into WordPress before people could see it. And actually there is a workflow Kanban view inside of Airtable. Like we understand instinctually now The processes, Trello is another example. We understand instinctually that processes can be represented as sets of cards that get moved from A to B to C. And once you get there, you can start to abstract it. But I think what's real is like, People see things in terms of the business function rather than in a more abstract way. And so, like, I need a sales tool. There are custom sales tools for pharmaceutical reps, right? Like, Salesforce came along and actually swept up a lot of that and said, you don't
1: need that custom
0: tool anymore. Just use Salesforce with the,
1: you know. It's a... It's a software platform, right? Salesforce is its own world that has forked off to address all these very particular use cases.
0: So this gap exists, and it's been interesting because this is something you and I. Look, I mean, let's just be clear: like we we didn't just like sit down and say, "Hey, workflow." Like you and I talk about this a lot because we're very interested in these gaps in the marketplace. Workflow is absolutely one of them. It's fascinating to watch over a shoulder as like. Yeah, boy, that would be a lot easier. Like, maybe they need CRM. Maybe they don't need more Airtable. Maybe they need Salesforce.
1: You know, it's funny. Salesforce was supposed to be empowering. And look, Uh who's to question Salesforce's success? It's a behemoth. But it's essentially a software platform now. You ever seen Dreamforce, though? Yeah, it's massive. We got to go one year. One year, we're going to go to Dreamforce, you and me. We do need to go. Dreamforce, for everyone, for those that don't know, it is Salesforce's big annual... Sales conference, but it's really not just the sales conference. It's everything. Oh right. my gosh, the new features and it's bananas. And 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 look, credit to them to create the platform, not just create a product that addressed one narrow thing. But the truth is, it isn't that empowering. Uh, we've never really had, I don't think, a podcast dedicated to like low code or no code or that whole trend around empowering people to do things. Airtable is probably. One of the leading products in that movement of giving power to users that otherwise was in the hands of engineers. We're picking
0: out of here, but it is a deeply empowering tool, which is why like, I'm seeing this mutual aid society pick it up.
1: Yeah, exactly. And usually you'll have one or two or a handful of more technically inclined users who, be- who take the wheel because it's very empowering. It feels really good to be the person that can actually make these, you know, enable others and empower others, right? And, and, you know, when when Airtable first came out, I thought it was like, who wants this? Like, that's such a small population. What I failed to see is that the person that creates that table or that series of tables will evangelize it to others. They will go out of their way to tell you, use this, I built this for Mm -hmm. you. And that's a very powerful thing. I think where you hit a wall is when you talk about workflow, That's a whole other game with very different social dynamics, very different capabilities. And you start to see Airtable isn't designed for that. Airtable is designed to hold information in a relatable way and, and to give you a lot of power. To put it really bluntly, right? Like
0: it's not designed to tell people what
1: to do. Or to sound alarms when things don't seem to be moving.
0: That's right, whereas Salesforce truly is. Salesforce is like, whoa, here's all your leads. What are you doing? How are you doing today? You get ready? Come on, log in. Get to work, get to work, get to work. And like, that's our CRM. We use a system to manage our leads at PostLite. Like it wants to tell me so bad all the time about where things are and what's happening and what I should be doing
1: next. That's right. It's very oriented around like, you've not done anything. No, nothing's changed in too long. And those are mechanisms that tend to bubble up accountability or to amplify accountability and that you don't see in walls of data, right? Whereas Airtable is not going to do that. The idea of information going stale or, or actions going stale is a big deal. This kind of makes me think about the to-do list, the to-do manager. We had the founder of to which is what I use. Mm-hmm. That's personal accountability. I put them in, I take them out. I put them in and I check them off, right? It's, it's for me to hold myself accountable. Frankly, it's an organ, organizing tool. But the dynamics change dramatically when it's a group of eight people and you're trying to hold each other accountable in a non-hostile way through a tool. That is something that no one's nailed yet from a product perspective in a generic way. It's been nailed in a, I, I just insured my car recently and I used Geico and the workflow from an end user, I can't help it, right? I can't help but see inside and just imagine Mm. the notifications that were flying off as I was finishing each step. Mm. And then I was in the middle of it, Paul, and it has no save button, but a day passed where I had left the form. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, Jeff emailed me saying, hey, you seem to be stuck on step three. What's going on, buddy? And so all of that is highly, highly customized tooling to make sure the deal goes through, the transaction goes through. But no one's nailed it in a generic way. Airtable is not for an industry. It's for anything. And no one's nailed the accountability for anything tool. I think that's what's interesting. That's the opening that's out there.
0: Look, I mean, that's this is something we're talking about and that we want to take steps around. And But we're giving it to you, everyone, for free. If you think that there's good, good things to be done in Workflow, let us know and tell us what you think. We always like to leave with advice. What is our advice here for people?
1: No, You know, I, I think there's two levels. One is go build this tool onward. Uh, Godspeed, go build the tool. But that's a hell of an ask. I think I think when you're using these tools, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a little jab out for all the tools I'm signed up for by invitation. I don't sign up for tools anymore. I get signed up because I get invited. Because <laughs> we run the company and it kind of like, it, it rolls up to... There's a, little, a bit of that. Yeah. There's a bit of that. But I think what those tools are realizing is that engagement... A very powerful lever for engagement is accountability because what they're saying is, hey, I've looped you into, you know, camp, you know, campfire or whatever. And if i don't do it then other you know others are going to call me out essentially and what i'd say is just be wary of these tools the invite only an invite sounds like i'm coming to a dinner party but it's not an invite like that it's it's like come do work with me my inclination is to talk to people about these things rather than force them in and then go from there but the truth is uh, you know there is no silver bullet right now because there's no killer tool i usually we recommend something but it's just not, they're not out there. There are tools that are taking a more ambitious view, but they're really hard to use. Yeah, that's right. And there's one called Pipeify, which is frankly like visual programming. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like a tool you can just pick up. Airtable's gone to great lengths to let, to let you, you know, get going without working too hard on learning it.
0: Can I leave us with a, a kind of wild story? Or not too wild, but just sort of like a, an interesting narrative, which is my daughter came up behind me as I was working. Because that's all I do. And she said, what is your Twitter avatar? What does it mean? And what it is is an old, it's the boot disk for an Amiga computer from the 80s and 90s. -hmm. It was the first machine I ever really got to know. And I love it. And it was also when Twitter was founded, I just kind of like dropped that in as my avatar and was like, yeah, to hell with it. I never have bothered to change it. And so she wanted to understand what it meant. And it was, you know, and with my daughter, it's just, she's eight. And I, if I can get her to listen without just going, boring, I feel that I'm winning. <laughs> but I had to explain to her so many things. I'm like, that is a disk. And you put the disk in there. And I showed her a picture. Where yeah, the disk is, yeah, yeah, and she, that's
1: ancient. Or, and then yeah. I,
0: we, we watched a video of different applications on the Amiga. And it wasn't just games. And she's like, what's that? And I'm like, that's a word processor. And, the, and I realized, like, the only frame of reference she has is Google Docs. And then I I said these words. Every one of those disks was like a website. You would put it in and it would load it up. And the computer was like a browser. And she was like, oh, I get it. Like she actually kind of understood that that's how things used to be, that a a disk contained a website and then you'd load it. And so like, you know, now we're in this weird zone where all of these tools, it's the same as having 75 floppy disks sort of piled up. And, you know, instead of illegally copying them and, and sharing them around, we we email URLs to each other. Conceptually, it's sort of the same. And to, kind of, to bring it back to workflow and, and that sort of stuff, right? it just
1: feels like that floppy isn't in there yet. Like, I don't
0: have that one in my stack.
1: No, it isn't. And look, that's not to say it's a failing. I think... You know, the communication mechanisms that are in place now are just way more powerful than they used to be. You couldn't build this tool without a network that Mm. is very Mm. wired in and allowed for a lot of pinging and nagging. I mean, God knows I get enough nags and mostly it's about like, I need to update my OS. You know, I don't get a lot of productive nags. No, I know. Uh, It doesn't work that way. They come in generically through email and chat, but I don't get like a good productive nag. It just hasn't been nailed yet.
0: Well, look. I mean, some things don't change. Let's call it there, and I got I got some other I got other things to talk about. But let's uh, let's call it there. Get back
1: to work. There's a lot going on. All right. Thanks for listening to the Postlight Podcast. The Post-Life Podcast. We are a digital strategy, design, and engineering firm, pretty much spread out everywhere. We love to talk we built some great, great experiences and platforms for our clients. And, uh, you know, reach out. Hello at postlight.com.
0: That's right. And check out our website, postlight.com. All right, my friends. We will talk to everybody soon. Bye.
1: Have a great week.